Hey, it's Jensen Dean Jackson back here with another installment, Entertainment Beyond. I have two people who were kind enough to give me their opinion on a funny, scary, sad, weird, haunting Nicolas Cage film mm -hmm. called Dream Scenario. Uh, what's your guys' names? My name is Dulce. I'm Angel. And what'd you guys think about this, uh, frankly, in my opinion, fucked up movie? Uh, I think Nicolas Cage did a very well way of portraying the character they wanted to play. And the weird stuff that they had him do was, was really hitting. Well, it really hit me because it was just really weird. And like you say, it was really fucked up. Like the scenes that they'd want to go in and throw in there for a guy like that. It, it really makes everybody just wonder. Um, I think he understands the actor a little bit more than me, but I just thought the whole movie was just weird, like how it ended, especially that, you know, he just kind of had a happy dream with his wife and then it just kind of disappeared. He was saying that maybe he, you know, he ended his life. Yeah, he probably off himself on a happy Jeez, dream. Jeez, God, I wasn't like, thinking that sad. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that either, but he knows the character more than me. So. That was a pretty dark movie. But yeah, yeah, I thought it was a fan of fascinating uh Fuck, it's the term I'm trying to think of. Um, I can't think of the term, but a fascinating look at how quickly we as a society nowadays are totally willing to demonize somebody based off of nothing but suspicion mm -hmm. and delusion. Especially dreams. Yeah. Because dreams are so, like, impactful to help people. Like, because, like, how they're saying, like, you know, you can get into people's minds and just, like, make them think things and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was just really weird. I, mean, I thought it was really good. I thought it was good. I it mean, uh, I saw the trailer... A couple of months ago, I don't know if you follow Nicolas Cage very much. He's like kind of having a renaissance. He had a bad, uh, bad like the whole of the early 2000s. And now we're in this career rebirth where he's just, it seems like anything he does, he can't fail. I mean, this is. I gave it to him. I gave him his flowers. That was a really nice. He killed the acting scene. Oh, yeah. All Definitely made you feel bad for the character. I know. I was like, oh, is this supposed to be sad or is this supposed to be, like, funny? Like, I was, like, feeling bad. And then I was like, you know, I don't know. It was funny. I think you guys heard me laughing during that awkward <laughs> reimagining of a sex scene in a dream scenario. I was scenario. like, what the hell is happening? And then he just started partying. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> And I quickly went dark. Mm -hmm. um, on my podcast, I do a rating system between... One and four thumbs up, you guys. Give it whatever. This is your personal opinion, not being influenced by anything. One but to your four? Name. One to four. Out of the film? For the film, yes. Um, I go in like a, I don't know, like a three and a half. Because I don't like how it ended. It's yeah. so Ambiguous. I'll give it four. Yeah. I really like everything. Is this going to be one you're going to add to your Blu-ray Blu ah, Blu collection? Yeah, I'll definitely <laughs> spread one around. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's a gem. Absolutely. A classic. A24 has been knocking it out of the park with, uh, I don't know if you guys have caught any other A24 films, but it's almost a point where you see that in a trailer and you you know you're going to see it. Like, there's no question about it. Uh, I appreciate your time. What was your name again? Dulce. And Angel. Thank you, Dulce and Angel. I appreciate your time very much. Hey, hey, hey. What you got to say? Hollywood. Hollywood City. I couldn't help myself on that one. I really couldn't. I tried to hold back. You heard that quick few second pause. 
I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to give in to my itch to sing horribly. I can't help it. I know I'm a bad singer, especially with this post-COVID voice. But baby, gosh darn it all, heavens to Betsy, I want to fucking sing, okay? I'm tired of being relegated to only being good enough to sing Biz Markie's Just a Friend, which if you're questioning why I'd be good enough only to sing that song, it's because you have to be terrible and off-key enough to be good sounding at singing Just a Friend. And before I bust out another belt of uh, butchering another song, let's just get into podcast. Uh, You just heard from Angel and Dulce. There are two people who are kind enough to give me their opinions um, on this latest masterpiece from the main man himself, Nicolas Cage, a.k.a. or F.K.A. Nicholas Copella. He is, uh, as you, if you listened to the end of the previous podcast, Silent Night, you know that I was going on about how he's uh, like the nephew of Francis Ford Copella. So that would mean him and Sophia Copella are cousins or something. There's a relation, there's a tree, there's a whole circle of life, you know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Dulce and Angel were kind enough to give me their opinions on the film. Um, as I also stated in my previous podcast episode, um, this movie and the trailer found me. I was excited because, like I like I said, like you just heard me say, Nicolas Cage has been in some sort of continuous hot streak of a uh, career renaissance. Uh, I, most of the, the whole of the uh, from. And I'd say probably from like 2006 to 2000, I don't know, fucking 15 or something. He was just, he was in a a fair amount of financial debt. He owed the IRS a lot of money. And if you're wondering if owing the IRS is worse than you owing your local neighborhood cocaine dealer any sum of money, it is very much so. Because they won't actually kill you over the money. They'll just hound you until you want to delete yourself. Uh, But not before you pay them back. That's the way the IRS works. And um, yeah, fuck you for thinking different. Um, But yeah, no, he owed the government, which is when you think about it, like all the fucking bullshit that they claim your taxes are going to versus the reality it just fucking stupid. It's taxes are fucking stupid, but I don't get political on this podcast. It's just a little factual, actual. Uh, yeah. So, you know, he fucking for a long time, Sir Nicholas was taken on all comers and coming on all takers, so to speak. And, um, it was just doing some bad shit. I mean, there were some some ones here and there. I've never seen it. I haven't seen it yet. But there's a film called, uh, is it, it's either Bad Lieutenant, Port of Call, or Port of Call, Bad Lieutenant, one or the other. And then he had a good one with Kira Knightley and I think Sam Rockwell, Rockwall, no, Rockwell, called um, Matchstick Men. As, you know, there was adaption. There was, you know... But Adaption came out in like 
like I said before, oh five when you know there's a a slump he went through and he started doing weird shit like next with uh with fucking Jessica Beale where he's rocking a fucking long fucking mane of hair and he's a fucking old dude banging some chick who's fucking visually at least looks young enough to be his daughter. Weird, weird concept. We don't need to get into it. Um we are here to get deep in the guts of the his latest film, um, Dream Scenario. Uh as you also heard me say, it's the latest offering from A twenty four. And I don't I'm not trying to be like a shill or some kind of punk ass. But, you know, ever since I was blessed with my first A twenty four film, which I can't even I can't even recount at this point. Um it really struck me, you know? And it's mostly because I came to know them. I know not they're not like the horror people like they don't just do horror but they've most of my you know if i had to compile a list of you know from from this era of horror films it it could fuck around and end up being mostly if not all a24 produced you know what i'm saying it's just how the way her cookie crumbled in my mouth that's just what it is just that's just that's just how you lick the pussy sorry i have cunnilingus on the brain i should work to be more professional and less vulgar right but then again if i did that bullshit you wouldn't be here i mean let's be fucking honest about this shit people my beautiful lovers and my beautiful friends you're not coming here because you want some dry ass bill o'reilly the o'reilly report type of shit you're here because i'm jensen the beautiful majestic motherfucking dean jackson son and i deliver my opinions on movies and only the flair that i can bring to this shit so me watering myself down going all corporate with my bullshit and not cussing anymore talking about how i love eating pussy you know the this and that the birds and the beer fuck fuck get the fuck out of here i will never change who the fuck i am on this microphone and i can say that because i'm holding it little comically small microphone it's actually very powerful um yeah i can say that on this microphone this is my podcast i'm doing things my way like destiny child said that one time on sesame street i got a new way to walk and it shows how good i am okay so y'all just better eat a dick if you think that i'm ever going to water my shit down eat a dick and lick your boyfriend's assholes or whatever you fucking weirdos do Anyways, I kind of, I'm sorry, I went off on a tangent that wasn't necessary and I lost my, I lost my pacing. I was talking about cookies crumbling in my mouth. Let's just get into the meat and potatoes, the two, two veg and meat of the situation. This was a good film. It was a good film. Oh yeah, talking about how A24 knocks it out of the park and then I went down a rabbit hole of licking pussy fuck is wrong with me um this was a good film and it didn't hit me there was the this film was resonating with me on such a deep subconscious level that i I didn't even hit me why it was rocking with me so hard until i was you know ironically in the bathroom taking a piss before leaving the cinema complex and it's that 
I've been on this journey um, that my body started me on a year ago called acute anxiety. And I've, I, I've, I have so much trauma, so much repressed shit that I'm just like, oh, just keep stuffing it in the jar and close the lid, you know, and whatever. Don't deal with it. Fuck the, fuck that. And, um, yeah, kids caused acute anxiety, but, um, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I, I stopped drinking, you know, I used to have a little fun every weekend here and there, you know, a little cocaine, some Molly, some LSD, some shrooms, you know, I just, I work hard for the money. So the money better treat me right. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, the last thing I had to conquer, I even quit drinking. I haven't had a drink in almost six months, you know, just trying to figure out what, what's triggering my acute anxiety. And the last, last, um, bastard for me to conquer has been my toughest opponent since I was 16. And that's fucking tobacco. Like, uh, yeah, I, I, smoking is, is, you know, I could, I could drop weed. I could, I've dropped everything else, but, but cigarettes are my main bugaboo. Those are, those are the fucking my demon in the bottle. And, uh, but I've thankfully gotten some help and some strength in my weakness through taking Chantex. But one of the side effects, the side effect, I'd ask any fucking buddy, any birdie, (laughs) ask anybody who's ever taken Chantex. They'll tell you it'll give you some fucked up ass dreams. And that's that's what hit me that this film resonated with me so much. I mean, I'm not going to name no names, but I'll tell you one dream that I had one time that, like, it really resonated with me. And I, I don't think I ever want to see this person again because it was so weird. But I have this, uh, well, me and her family aren't really even friends anymore, but. I, I, I used to kick it with uh, one of her family members. Uh, we went to to school together, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But I had this really, and, and I, I've known her since she was like a fucking, like I had a grade, not grade school, but whatever, right before high school, right before she became a high schooler, you know. So I was a teenager at the time and I knew her when she was a fucking child, right? Not not one of those people that I ever think, like she's grown up. I'm like, you know, you've grown up, you very beautiful woman. You know, you're nice. You're a nice girl. That's kind of how I see her. She's nice girl, not really like sisterish, but like I'm not interested in thinking of you in any type of intimate way. That's not you know, not on my bingo card. So I'm you know taking my my twice daily dose of Chantex and uh, end up having a very graphic dream about us having this fucking ever winding sex tryst and you know now i see her on facebook i avoid her pictures and stuff like that and i had this dream like fucking a month ago and it was so fucking it was a dream that transcended the reality that is dreams and I don't know. It felt all too weird and all too real. I just made me feel real uncomfortable. You know, I've had dreams about my siblings trying to kill me. I've, you know, I've fuck, I had weird ass dreams. Um, I think anybody really, 
um, who's ever had just such an off-puttingly bizarre dream can can fully um it's a fucking word I'm trying to think of. Fully be enraptured and sympathize with this movie's premise. Um and speaking of sympathy, like man, like even before things take a turn for the worse with uh Nicolas Cage's character in this film, people are just Sometimes, you know, you forget just how fucking mean people can be. Because there's being brutally honest and then there's just being unnecessarily cruel with your words to a point, to a degree. It was just like, you're an ugly person on the inside. Like, you don't need to say that. You know, there's some things it's okay just to think them. Some things it's just okay only to say to yourself. Why put that ugliness out in the world? But people people do that. And people in this film are... Remark making remarks about his character like he's completely unremarkable, a completely normal and boring person. And I found, uh, you know, maybe it's just that Nicholas is such a great actor, but I found his character in the film to hold a certain charm. Like people, and because this character is a scientist, he's evolution, evolutionary scientist. So I can't remember the exact quote, but he's got his doctor. Like he's a smart motherfucker. And uh, I just, I, I felt bad for the way that people were doing, you know, trying to commit character assassination on, on him. It felt like real shitty to watch that. And, you know, you, you, he goes through a period where he went from being just a nobody. And, no, and, and let's be clear about this. Nobody on, on this planet Earth besides serial killers and rapists, excluding those groups of people, you know, people who do bad, evil shit. Everybody else in the world, excluding those motherfuckers, is a somebody. Those motherfuckers are nobodies. Um, But for the purposes of the film, he kind of starts the film as a nobody, and then all of a sudden people are having dreams about him. And it's not really, you know, it's, it's kind of the same it's a dream reflection of what people think about him in real life, I suppose. And that, you know, cause he's not really doing anything of remarkable circumstance. He's kind of just an observer through most of these people's dreams and shit like that. And then you come to a point where people are starting to have nightmares. He's kind of turned into the dream demon. Freddy Krueger wasn't having shit on this motherfucker because Freddy Krueger was dead when he was haunting people's dreams. You imagine being the dream demon, but you got to face the people that you've been haunting in their sleep in their most. I am, I'm a person who believes that you will never be besides right after you fucking come during sex. You are never more vulnerable in your life than when you are sleeping because you're unconscious. You don't know what the fuck is going on in the real world while you're sleeping. You are never more vulnerable than in, in those two moments. And, uh, fuck man. Like, uh, yeah, like I'm saying, like imagine being, having the powers of Freddy Krueger, you can invade anybody's dreams, terrify them almost to the, the edge of death. And then, but, but, but unlike Fred Krueger, Nick, Nick Cage's character had to face these people. And the sad thing about it is like, 
he had no logical explanation for why these random ass people all around the world, half around the world are dreaming about him. Um, he had no control over it. It was just, I felt really, it, the, the film made me feel a cavalcade of emotions where in the beginning, you know, you get, there's like, there's like acts, you know, stages and whatnot. In the beginning, there's happiness and joy. There's some aloof comedy. There's a, a weird, you heard me mention it when I was interviewing um, those two lovely people at the beginning. Um, but there is a weird, awkward sex scene where one character describes what he was doing in her dreams, which is apparently fucking her six ways to Sunday. And uh, they decide it's a good idea to recreate that. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, that's uh, totally... a lucid thought and idea that they both decide to act on. And, uh, <laughs> oh man, in the middle of it, in the middle of the fantasy playing out or re replaying out, um, right when she's getting ready to put her hands in his pants, he farts. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> he's like sorry and then because he's you know scientific and shit he starts explaining you know flatulence and shit like that and she's like whatever it's cool and she goes to goes back to presuming to fish his dick out of his pants and uh he goes uh, uh. And I thought to myself, like, wouldn't that be kind of funny if he busted a nut in his fucking, in his fucking chinos, just like right there, just fucking came in his pants. And then he does it, like, talk about manifesting reality. Fuck. Um, and then he farts again and he leaves. Embarrassed. <laughs> it was so fucking awkward, but fucking funny. It fit the tone of the entire movie. Um, yeah, I don't want to say a whole bunch of bunch of because this film literally just came out. I think I actually, what is today's day? Oh, it's Thursday. So I caught a pre-screening or I caught the, whatever the fuck they call it before, you know, films, um, Fridays are the release day. So it's like a. I don't know. Fuck. I don't fucking know, man. I'm fucking stoned. Leave me alone. Um, but yeah, it's brand new. So I don't want to delve too much into it. I just, I'll just, you know, say this is, um, cause you know, I, uh, there was, there was joy and then there was terror in the middle. And then towards the end, it was just sad. Like you really feel bad for this character. He's a, a victim of fucking circumstance. Like the guy had tenure at a fucking college and he fucking lost a tenure. He wasn't able to attend his daughter's play because of a bunch of random people's fucking dreams. And that's where it started to, I kind of felt like, uh, uh, kind of a social commentary on where we are at as human beings where something that could you, where you can go down, people can ruin your entire life. 
and this doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes through through no fault of your own, through nothing that you've done yourself, you could have everything that you know and you've loved stripped away and laid bare at your feet and burned on a cross. And it, that that was the, the, the side of it that just got to me. You know, he got beat up in a diner. He wasn't even, even able to eat because, and I don't want to say too much because I had just, expressing my anger towards this poor fucking character would be a disservice because I want you guys to experience this masterpiece of a film for yourself. Um, But I dug the shit out of this and I'm glad I got to see it. Uh, Yeah. And don't fucking wait. Don't be an asshole and sit at home in your fucking comfortable house or your apartment or your fucking one bedroom flat or wherever the fuck you watch movies on your inferior ass television. Don't sit there and dis do a disservice. This film deserves to be seen in the cinema. Don't be a dick bag. Don't be a dick in the mud. Get your buns in a car or on a bus or on a train. Go to your nearest cinema complex. And check out this fucking bad boy. Because it deserves your love and attention. This is a great fucking film. It's definitely going to go down. Nicolas Cage is just on a fucking roll. He's like fucking 20-inch spree wells in 2002. Nigga's on a roll. He can't be stopped. Um, On a scale between one and four thumbs up. I'm going to give this film. Yeah, I, I'll be like Angel. I'll give it four thumbs up. I fucking loved it. I loved the performance. I love the performance of all of the main actors in this film. I really fucking dug it. And uh, I look forward to adding this to my Jensen's selections um, of movies and films. A humble bum duel, if you will. Uh, a small collection, not looking to build. I'm just, I'm not looking for quantity. I'm looking for quality and maybe a couple of um, guilty pleasures here and there. Um, And with that, I will conclude this episode as I always do by saying, and good night.